Sometimes, life is yikes. And that's okay. You're not alone. Welcome, Welcome to, to Yikesland. Hi, guys, and welcome to Yikesland, where everything is yikes. No, I'm not really going to do that ever again. Uh, I am here with my co-host. Hey, it's Johnny Hoon. And I am Chris Fung. Welcome to Yikesland, our podcast about depression and mental health and my OCD and my eating disorder and my neuroses and Jelani's go juice. And my, my go juice, my <laughs> anxiety, my stress levels and weird dreams. weird dreams and, you know, just being generally weird. And Tuesday. And it's Tuesday. We are so happy you guys are here with us on another Tuesday. Jelani, why is it a good day today? Well, because uh, it being Tuesday, of course, Jack's Land releases. But the most important thing is that uh, it's Tuesday, It's just Tuesday because it is Tuesday and you're here with us. And because you're here with us, it makes it a great Tuesday. And we want you to make it to every Tuesday with us here. doesn't even matter if you're listening or watching the podcast. We just want you here with us in the world because uh, without you in the world, uh, it'd be a less, you know, it'd be a less world. If you guys would like to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram at yikesland underscore podcast uh, or on Facebook at yikesland and Twitter at yikesland. You can also shoot us an email at yikesland at gmail.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And if you get a chance to, please head over to your podcast service of choice. If there's a review or like or star rating system please get on there rate like review us it really helps us get seen more and gets the podcast uh you know pushed up the the ranking so that way we can get placed hopefully on the front page so uh it helps out a lot uh, a couple minutes out of your time and we appreciate it thank you so we're gonna start this one off like we always do jelani how are you oh man i didn't expect this question so uh <laughs> well i've been okay not too bad. Uh, you know, things have been staying kind of normal. I think it's it's for the past couple of times we've uh, done this, uh, the podcast. I haven't had, like, any episodes or anything like that. Um, but I did feel, like, the downness hit me a little bit for uh, a couple of days. And I worked my way through it like uh, I have been. But um, some positive things are happening, me trying to really – you know, get the ball rolling on just changing up things and changing up my life and just acting different than what I normally would, you know. So uh, I don't want to react the same way I always reacted to being down and being kind of sluggish. I wanted to change it up. So I have been, and it's been helping me immensely. And, of course, doing this podcast with you has been helping immensely. So talking about it and just, <coughs> sorry, uh, just being around friends has been helping. Chris, how are you doing? Cool. Well, uh, first I was just going to ask you, um, because you were talking about doing stuff differently. Do you think that uh, there is kind of a thing where people with depression or, you know, other mental health issues uh, similar to ours, people who see the world as full of yikes, uh, are secretly better at constantly trying to reinvent themselves than everybody else? (laughs) Because I feel like that's a sentiment that I hear from, like, I absolutely identify with that. And it's a sentiment that I hear from a lot of our other friends who are depressed or other things. Yeah, we Um, try to change up our lives constantly. Um, And I think, I I mean, I think it's... 
I think it's a cool strength. I think it's, it's a strength of ours. I, I think we have this mental fortitude to adapt to what's going on in our with our environment and with us. And so we react differently and uh, we change up our, our strategies on how to approach things differently depending on like our moods and stuff like that. I think like for me, um, I, I constantly have like my emotions are constantly like swaying and moving a lot. You know, I, I believe, I wholeheartedly believe I'm like an empath, you know, where I really like feel like things and I really sure. feel like things from other people. So I, when I'm in the vicinity of someone who's down, I can feel it. And I want someone who's happy. I can feel that as well too. So it's, it's all about adapting to my environment. And I feel like I'm just surrounding myself with like that good, 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 positive vibes. And, uh, you know, that's the real go juice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's in your cup then? Fake go juice? Fake go juice. Yummy. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but uh, how are you doing? I, I am doing better. I was actually pretty sick last week yes. for several days. And uh, if you guys were wondering why we didn't have an episode, we apologize. Uh, flu season I was is still here. Growing up, so. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, it, that was pretty unpleasant. Um, I lost a lot of weight that I probably couldn't afford to lose because I just like couldn't retain food. And uh, it just knocked me down a couple pegs because I had been like feeling like, all right, I'm ramping up. I'm in control of things. Things are going well. I feel organized, ready to take on like my existing responsibilities were feeling easier and I was okay. feeling ready to take on more responsibilities. And then I kind of like got knocked down a couple of pegs where I would, even once I was better and like able to go back to work, I was still kind of feeling exhausted and like really drained and tired yeah. pretty easily, which will happen after the flu. Uh, and it was just very like, uh, it was very humbling, I guess. <laughs> Very humbling. Because I tend okay. to think of myself as invincible all the time, even though I'm obviously not. And then I am shocked when I either get burnt out or just like, you know, people get sick. I didn't get the flu shot. That's my fault. That's, <laughs> so that's uh, my fault I'm well. always like shocked every time, though. Just like, whoa, how did I get sick? I never get sick. And it's yeah. like, no, I do get sick. Yeah. But, uh, well, can, let me ask you a question. So uh, you on the previous podcast have, have stated that like, your way of coping with your coping mechanism, if you will, uh, with your depression is that you're um, constantly focused on like getting things done and focused on your work. Definitely. And so like when you were out for a week, right? About a week? Uh, yeah, like four days, four days. That's, so it's about a week, yeah. you know, so those four days when you couldn't work, right? How did you feel it affected your, you know, your, your ability to cope with the, the depression were you able uh, to hold off yeah i mean so once my at the beginning i was pretty delirious okay. <laughs> but once my 103.5 fever went away uh i was really both because i was just basically laying in bed watching tv and trying to drink fluids and like re-spawn uh, okay. so i Felt super bored of TV. I hated it. Okay. Uh, I hated not being able to be at work because it's what allows me to feel useful. And, like, this is an unhealthy uh, thing that I do. But I, like I've said before, definitely uh, attach my sense of self-worth to how much stuff I can get done mm -hmm. and how useful I can be to other people. And so if I can't do that stuff, then I feel 
unworthy of like existing or taking up okay. space. So it didn't really like spiral me in a super in in a, in a permanent way because I knew that I was only temporarily out of commission. Um, but in a way it is similar to, you know, during the great depression, I felt worthless because I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't do stuff and I couldn't take care of the people that I cared about or be working. Um, and it was easier for me to tell myself, well, this is temporary because you're sick. Um, but it definitely was some of those same core feelings and some of the same issue that I have with not believing I have inherent self-worth and yeah. just thinking it's only about my own productivity. So uh, that's definitely a brain setup I have that is going to be toxic someday. So, mm. I mean, do you, do you think um, you could ever shake that um, belief of uh, the worth, your self-worth is connected to the productivity? And I... I don't know uh, because I've had it for so long and I want to say yes because I want to believe that I can change I anything about myself, obviously. So to be clear, I want to say yes and it's not something that I won't work on even if I feel like it'll never happen. I'm afraid that it'll never happen because it's sort of just become who I am. Um, and to be fair, I think a lot of other people think this way too, but they don't even realize it with themselves where uh, there's a lot of people that are clearly just, you know, like they're working for their families, but they're not working for themselves, you know? Yeah. And uh, if, you know, their ability to take care of their family and work for their family got taken away, that would be like a huge blow to their identity. Mm -hmm. But because it doesn't, they sort of never realize the brain setup that they have. And for me, it's not necessarily taking care of my family, but just taking care of like the people around me, yeah. um, you know, and even like my staff are all people that I care about as people. Mm -hmm. And so not being able to be there for them, even though it's still work, but also in an emotional way is like hurts me. Um, so I think a lot of people think this way and don't realize it. And I'm just very acutely aware, maybe too acutely aware that this is a thing for me. Um, but at the same time, so so yes and no, uh, I'm afraid I will never be able to change it. In some ways, I think it's not necessarily bad because it does keep me going. And anything that keeps you going is somewhat, you know, has some good in it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know that I should have some other sense of uh, self-worth so that when I get sick, I'm not just like, I'm worthless because I've been out for four days because mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, but good question. Yeah. 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 All right. Good answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm now that I'm back in the swing of things, I am feeling a little bit better. Um, I am in a Facebook I use Facebook the way that I think a lot of us secretly use Facebook, which is the only reason we're still on it is because we're in various secret groups that do bring worth to our lives. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm in one of uh, my groups. We're doing fitness goals. Oh, okay. Um, and so I set some fitness goals today uh, oh, nice. that are pretty basic. Uh, like we're using a, a point system. Um that someone came up with and uh, everybody else's fitness goals are the ones that you would think that humans would pick, you know, like they're about specific amounts of uh, weight to lose or weight to be able to lift or how many macros and uh, 
I wanted to take part in this, but my life is so hectic that and my like even feeding schedule is so hectic that my goals included stuff just like like eat breakfast is one of them because a lot of times I skip meals just not on purpose but just because of working or when I wake up and stuff like that so uh, I'm proud that I set some goals I'm proud that I set goals that make sense for me even though they seem really potentially stupid to other people so I guess you could call it more instead of fitness goals or more of like health goals yeah yeah so that's good yeah there you go see so it's a positive and great thing to do Anything that indicates that I'm definitely still trying to stay alive, I think, is good, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> ties you Stuff that ties you to this earth, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm um, trying to be back on the horse or trying whatever. To keep, trying to get back on that horse. <laughs> well, that's good. Huh? Uh, well, I mean, well, let's transition over to topic of the week, I guess. Uh, this week, we wanted to touch on a topic. Uh, we've, we've circled around it a lot, I think, in the past. Uh, 15 episodes if you will and uh it's i think uh it's a good time for us to really kind of like get into it really talk about more about like we have both dealt with depression for a long time right and uh we still are and we're coping with it during that time we have both have stated before that we have attempted and took steps to get help right and we've done things to try and get out of the the rut that we're in with with depression and try to like better ourselves if you will um with the disease and so this week i think we wanted to talk about like our personal experiences like defining it a little bit more of like what we did and how we got to the point that allowed us to reach out for help and ask for help or talk to somebody and like that's one of the things that i think that uh it's it's going it's gonna be a really strong thing for people out there who are listening. Hopefully, you guys are listening. That like, if you are out there and you you're there and you, and you you're you're sitting there and you're thinking that maybe you would want to. Let's, hopefully, this can relate to you a little bit. So, um, yeah, what do you got to say on this? Topic? Yeah. Well, uh, just before we get started, um, just want to say Jelani's and my uh, sort of paths to finding help are probably a little bit more um, traditional and. Yeah. Uh, that's not the only way that you guys can go for sure. Um, there are also just even in the last couple of years since, uh, since the last time I saw a therapist, there are now ways to reach, you know, a real human therapist, even not a computer, um, but just on your phone, um, with video chatting and texting and stuff like that. So there's lots of cool other options out there that um, I probably won't talk about as much because I haven't had personal experience with them. Sure. But there's definitely, we'll talk about our experiences and the stuff that we do know about, but there's a bunch of other cool stuff out there um, that if you guys are interested in trying or you think works better for you, absolutely do that. So Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I... Yeah, I think we've talked about uh, a little bit on, like, our backstory, our depression backstories, if we will, and we've touched on it a little bit, but, like, what moments where we realized or how we got there, but, like, I kind of want to go a little bit more more in depth about it. So, like, I I guess I could start off a little bit. So, when when I was really in a dark place um, and dealing with my depression, I was was spiraling pretty bad, and uh, that right there led me to thinking about, you know, committing you know, harm to myself, if you will. And, uh, that 
it wasn't a great feeling. And, and uh, at this time, I was, uh, was still uh, with, you know, I had my family and I had, you know, my kids and uh, my at that and that time wife. And uh, slowly things were deteriorating with me at uh, an excelled rate where I started feeling less and less in control of like my emotions and what I was like dealing with, with like being happy and like really like solidifying what I was like feeling. Um, and eventually it's got really dark, you know, where I was exhausted all the time and I was, I was just down in, in, in the dumps and uh, it started going to a point where I was like um, planning it out, like planning how I would end it, you know, like what, what was that? What would I do? You know, like I started thinking, it's like, is there a way to get a hold of, you know, you know pills or something like that is there a way to do this or is how do i you know properly tie a noose or something like that and it started getting to a point where it got really dark you know and uh i didn't after a while where you live in that mindset um two things take over one you either you you either let it take you and consume you or you get down to a point where you're there on the edge and you have that moment where you look back and you see like what you're losing if you jump off, you know, the cliff, you know. And uh, there was a moment where I looked at, you know, my kids and stuff like that, and I I decided that um, then I I didn't want to cause harm to them, you know, by harming myself, you know. Yeah. And uh, it got, you know, it it's it, it wasn't the greatest feeling in the world um but the my path to getting help was literally uh paved with like destruction of a lot of things you know destruction of relationships destruction of like the family and everything like that but um if i was going to stay you know alive and if i was going to stay around to be for them you know be there for them um i needed to make sure that i wasn't going to end it you know i didn't want to after i realized how much it would hurt them you know and so for me reaching out like and i can i wholeheartedly believe this like once you realize that you want to get help that is the biggest and hardest step to get to i think like after that it's you you want to reach out for help and you want to get help like that right there i wholeheartedly believe that like for people to want to get better with this mental illness, it's all about like them having the will to continue on and persevere past like the darkest points, I think. And, um, and so I feel like, um, for me, that was a a huge breakthrough where I didn't want to like just drive my car into the medium or something like that. And, uh, I, set up an appointment uh with do- with my doctor um because it was the only way I didn't there was no way I was going to be able to talk to anybody around me because everyone was um around me they they didn't have a belief system around like mental illness you know what I mean it wasn't a thing sure. you know and um, so you talked to uh your regular doctor first? I, so and I rock I saw my path to reaching out for help was towards my regular doctor you know, um, it was the only person I could think of, you know, and I think this this rings true for a lot of people out there where you are confused, you're lost, you don't know who to reach out to. And I, and I will say that, like, you 
you want to reach out to person you trust most right like and if by the end of the day if like the only person you can really trust is someone that you really enjoy being around which is your doctor your family doctor who you've been around like that is exceedingly great to, to go to like a general doctor like a family doctor because again that is still in the medical field they may know of like areas or where to contact right easier than just like being lost on your own and like trying to you know, go through like certain like other routes because some of them are very difficult to go through. Like when you're trying to reach out and trying to get help. So I ended up scheduling an appointment with my doctor and, um, and it wasn't actually an appointment to like, I didn't actually say it was like, Hey, I, I think I have depression. I want to schedule an appointment. It was, I kind of like snuck it into uh, a physical therapy, uh, not physical, uh, uh, physical i'm sorry a physical appointment so it, it, it was supposed to be just a regular checkup and the entire time the entire checkup like i was contemplating whether or not i was going to say anything sure you know yeah. and it um ran through my mind the entire time like when i was there sitting there in the waiting room and then when i when i went into the to to the to the doctor's office and i was sitting there in the room and when a nurse came in and the doctor wasn't there yet it's like am i gonna say something should i say something and like there was a lot of times where i thought like i wasn't gonna say anything you know and uh i came very close to just walking out of that place without like saying a word you know yeah. and uh but like at the end of the appointment there was like uh, a moment where uh, my doctor had asked, like, are you sure there's nothing else? And uh, it was just, like, one moment where I was like, yeah, actually, there's, there's something else. And then I said what I was feeling, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so she, the doctor, of course, wasn't happy that I, like, just kind of popped this into, like, a, the, a regular checkup. So, but at the same time, like, they wanted to, they right away just we need to get you some help. You know, we want to like, we'll talk to, uh, recommend you, refer you to, you know, um, uh, and some experts in the area of, uh, you know, mental illness and stuff like that. And, um, we'll try and get that all set up and, you know, uh, we'll start you off on some anti-anxiety pills and stuff like that to help out for now. And we just want to make sure that you, and they walked me through a little bit of things. And, and at that moment when I did like actually like say what I was feeling and again, at that moment, I didn't want to accept what I, what I knew already that I had. Yeah. Um, and I've said this before where like, you know, I didn't accept it up until I heard the doctor actually say it, you know, where it was like, you know, I think you're dealing with depression, you know? And when that happened, like I, broke down in the office you know and uh it's just making it real i guess but i had always known it was there yeah. and so that was a hard it was like a hard step to reach out to somebody you know anybody that i could and like no one knew that i was dealing with this up until like that point and then you know, a lot, a lot of different things happen. I think, I mean, I've, I've explained this before about all like everything else that happened, but like me reaching out for help like that, that was, it was hard. It was very difficult to do, but accepting that I needed to do it and taking those steps like to do it and reaching out and talking to anybody, um, really helped, I think. And, uh, it put me on a path to, trying to get better and even though like not everything in life is great or anything like that hasn't cured or anything like that but it's put me on a path of like knowing that i want to 
cope with it, not just end off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think there's a lot of power in telling someone, anyone. Um, and I think it's good that you were able to talk to a medical professional that you trusted. Yeah. So, you know, like a lot of people don't necessarily have uh, a doctor that they trust. Um, and so if your doctor that you trust happens to be, you know, even your cardiologist or whatever, if that's the way that you can tell any medical professional that you need help, then that is fine and perfectly yeah. valid. And if they're really a good doctor, then they will absolutely, you know, get you help and send you through the right channels that are going to be productive for you. Um, and I think it's interesting that, um, cause I've obviously had a different experience and I'll talk about that in a second, yeah. but, um, it's interesting that you sort of uh, thought it was, I guess, weird or maybe inappropriate to be bringing up the feelings that you were having um, during a physical. And I think that really highlights how in our society uh, there's sort of this weird divide between your mental and your physical health yeah. that doesn't actually make sense because um, there's yeah. obviously a ton of crossover there. Um, your mental health is going to affect your physical health. Uh, your mental health is your physical health and vice versa. Um, you know, and that's not only the very physical uh, parts of depression, like you may be experiencing weight loss or inability to eat or, you know, feeling tired or it may be literal inflammation in your brain, but just all like there's a hundred thousand ways that uh, your mental and your physical health are, you know, inextricably intertwined and one and the same. Mm. And so I think what you say really highlights that we maybe have too much of a separation there that is, a little bit isolating for people uh, and also it's not particularly, in my opinion, conducive to, you know, people having healthier uh, mental and therefore physical lives. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll touch on this in another episode like later on, but like growing up in the household I grew up in um, and in the culture that I grew up in, like uh, no one, no one says or talks anything, uh, talks about this at all. Like it's, it's kind of a thing. It's kind of, it's either, it's not a real thing or it's kind of like brushed off to the sure, side. Yeah, it's like, under the so, you know, and it's a thing where you grow up in that place and you think it's, and even like in normal society too, like even if I had grown up in a different household, like it's a taboo stigma to st still talk about it, which, which is why we like, I'm really grateful for this podcast and talking with you about it and talking so that way we can try and normalize the stigma of talking about like, you know, mental illness and everything that we deal with. And, uh, it, yeah, just getting to that moment and actually like getting to the moment of actually saying what I needed to say, right. Was like, the hardest thing I've ever had to do, probably. And it just, doing it and getting what I needed from it, like, helped, like, tenfold, you know, back to me. And I think that um, for people out there who, like, are on the edge of, like, what they're going to do, like, please, you know, like, it's the hardest step to accept that you that you want to, to take the steps, to to, make, to will yourself to want to continue on. But, like, talking with somebody anybody someone you trust like that can really really help like um and it's it's a difficult thing to do but like we we can get there and we can all get there i think so i mean we did kind of right well what about you um i actually uh have kind of all lived my whole life just like 
therapy adjacent. So okay. um, it wasn't for me a huge, not like a huge step because it's still hard to get started, but it was not like there was a time in my life that was pre-realizing I needed help and then a time when I was like, oh my God, I need help. This is a revelation. I'm going to find somebody. Mm. Um, and I talked about this before when uh, in the first couple of episodes, but the first time that I did go to therapy was actually for my eating disorder. Okay. And that was like my gateway into just seeing a psychologist at all. Um, and I do credit uh, my university for that. Um, mm -hmm. They, so speaking about the, uh, you know, the intersection between physical and mental health, um, when I was at NYU, um, you know, I've, I have a lot to say about uh, colleges and mental health and the care that they do and don't give you and ways that that could be done better, but I won't talk about that all right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at a lot of high pressure universities and I think increasingly just any university at all, um, they do uh, at least attempt to do kind of like screenings for you. So for me at NYU, um, when you went to the doctor just in a casual way, they would also still make you fill out a thing to see whether you were depressed or anxious mm. at all. <laughs> um, and so it was just a part of your checkup was just like, and also fill out this little thing that's like, you know, all the traditional questions of like one through 10, I like, how, how often do you feel these things in the last, have you felt these things in the last couple of weeks? Like I feel down, depressed or hopeless, you know, mm. I feel like I don't want to wake up tomorrow and all of those things. Um, and so I've, I already knew because of my eating disorder that I needed specifically help for that. And then once I got into therapy for that, um, it was kind of evident to uh, my psychologist and my psychiatrist, and it was a thing that I already knew that I had other issues <laughs> that I was going to want to work through. Um, and so when I was in college, it was very easy because we had to be on the university healthcare system. Okay. Um, and so it was super easy to set up appointments. Um, the building was we didn't really have a exactly a campus, but we had a cluster of buildings and the building was effectively on campus. So mm -hmm. it was like super close. You would just walk there. You could set up appointments easily. You didn't have to wait uh, a very long time. Like if you wanted to see someone specific, you might have to wait, but because they have enough uh, doctors and therapists and stuff um, available, you could see somebody when you needed to see somebody. Um, and so at that time, a lot of the barriers uh, that later I really struggled with um, when I was in the Great Depression, a lot of those barriers weren't there. So it was pretty easy for me to get started talking to people. Um, and so I guess in a way, uh, because I probably would have, looking back on it, I probably never would have seen somebody just for depression or 
OCD or anxiety because those things are so normal to me. (laughs) So in a way, my eating disorder was a blessing in disguise because I was like, oh, an eating disorder. Now that's a specific problem that I can solve. And so I probably never would have gotten into therapy if it weren't for my eating disorder. So grateful for that. Um, Mm. But that was kind of the gateway for me that allowed me to then talk about other issues that I have. So once you get in there and you're like, I have this problem, you know, you get screened for a bunch of different things and you're like, okay, time to reveal that I have a lot of other mental issues right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was all, um, you know, when I was at NYU at the time, I was frustrated with some of the lack or some of what I saw is the lack of mental health care. And there's still a lot of stress for people uh, in college. And there's a lot of stress at NYU. But um, compared to me being in the real world then later, uh, that was just a cakewalk in terms of being able to access care I needed or being able to access medication I needed um, because of the, you know, the university health insurance it wasn't like a thing where getting my medication was cost prohibitive and that was all pretty much fine. Mm. Um, I guess the only issue that came up for me would be um, it was pretty easy also to switch then um, providers. Uh, So if you are talking to a therapist and you're not really, you know, gelling with them, um, if you guys have been to therapists before, I'm sure you've experienced that if you and your therapist don't quite, like if you don't feel at ease with them, you're just naturally going to be less honest. And when you're trying to do therapy, the best thing is to be as honest as possible with them and with yourself. Um, because that's when they can help you the most. And if you're not with somebody that you feel comfortable with, that's just not going to happen as much. And so because they had so many options, it was easy to be like, this person isn't really working out. Can I see somebody else? And they were like, sure, no problem. There's Mm. no like, really? Well, why? What's the problem with them or anything like that? It's just no questions asked. You get to see another person. Um, And so that was all uh, fine and good. Um, And it was only when I had graduated um, and then was living in Milwaukee that I think it kind of became more, it was like a being thrown into a very cold pool (laughs) as far as how easy it was to access care. Um, Even though I was still on my parents' health insurance at the time, um, just you're, I'm, I'm in a new city. I don't really know who's good out there. Um, I've obviously talked to you guys about times that I went to see somebody and I felt like my experience was harmful to me. Um, And so I was always kind of afraid of that, like afraid that I would see somebody that would make me feel worse. And so that was kind of paralyzing in terms of being able to get help. Um, And then because I was on my parents' health insurance, I, you know, you can only see people in certain networks and stuff like that. Um, and so the physically having to go there was hard, you know, that was a hard thing to do, uh, especially when I was in the great depression. Um, my best friend had to like literally just drive me there so that I would go. And sometimes I couldn't even make it, even though he was going to drive me, I would just like wake up and be like, I can't do it. I just, I can't get out of bed. I can't go. I'm too scared or something. 
and I'd be really upset and I would hate myself, uh, for like wasting his time. And I didn't want to get in trouble or like kicked out of the, um, kicked out of the doctor, like fired as a patient. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't make myself go. So physically going was always an issue, you know, making appointment times as you guys may know is, can be really, really hard when you're depressed and anxious. Um, and for me, when I'm very depressed, I get very socially anxious too. And so that like having to go into a new office and meet a new person and then say all of your truths to them can be extremely hard. Um, so like a lot of it was the social anxiety aspect of it that would prevent me from going. Um, and then even just finding that provider in the first place, um, I had to have my friend help me. I had to have my mom call and pretend that she was me on the phone for setting up appointments because I had too much anxiety to do that. Um, And I think they both helped me do a lot of internet research Mm -hmm. um, when I was trying to find people to help me during the Great Depression because I knew the whole time, oh my God, something's really wrong with me in a way that is never been wrong with me before. I super need help right now in like the most serious way of my entire life. Um, but I also, you know, wanted to find somebody that would help me um, and that I wouldn't be so like terrified of seeing. Okay. Um, and so for me, when I was doing the internet research and um, having people help me, uh, I was looking for somebody that specialized in Um, or somebody that was good at seeing women and somebody that was good at seeing young people and wouldn't be, uh, kind of in my head, I had this idea of like the stuffy old therapist that never like continued their education and stuff like that. So I wanted to see someone that was good at seeing young people. Um, later I wanted to see someone who's good at seeing gay people. Um, and then also, you know, somebody that is good at talking to people who aren't white, um, And that's something that I think we want to address in a future episode. But those were kind of the things that I was looking for um, in a therapist. And um, that can be difficult to find if you live in a smaller town. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Milwaukee's big-ish depending on where you're from. But to me, coming from New York and having all those options, Milwaukee seemed very limited in terms of who I could see. Um, and I, you know, I thought about going out to Chicago or something to see if that was where I could find somebody that matched me better. Um, and I did sort of bop around between different psychologists and psychiatrists, um, a lot for a while during that period, just because I had so much trouble finding someone that I was okay talking to. Um, so for me, it wasn't that I had so much trouble realizing that I needed help or like confessing to somebody. Um, it was just that it was all the nitty gritty stuff of getting help that became a problem for me. And I don't want to say all this stuff to, I don't want anyone to feel discouraged hearing all of this. Um, I, uh, hopefully I, I would want someone to feel encouraged in that, it's okay for small stuff like calling someone and trying to set up an appointment to be hard. Like that's, that is okay. And it doesn't mean you're bad. And it might be the hardest thing that you do that day, or you might have to have one of your friends pretend to be you. (laughs) I think that might be illegal, Um, but whatever. My mom did it for me and I'm really grateful uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I never would have been able to set up my own appointments. Um, And, 
in that sense, uh, now I think online booking is a lot more a thing than it was a couple of years ago. I so, so. Um, if you guys are having trouble with the social anxiety aspect of getting help, um, booking online or, you know, finding, uh, provider that can video chat with you or chat with you on your phone can help uh be like a sidestep for all of those issues and i wish that i had had access to those options at the time um but for me it was just all the nitty-gritty stuff that was Mm -hmm. the hardest part of uh actually seeking help and seeking it in a consistent way and in a way that was consistent enough where i could build progress with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So obviously you can go and sit in an office and say, I'm depressed and start from day one and <laughs> tell them about your parents and all that Freudian stuff. Yeah. But if you can't build up, you know, a consistent schedule with them, um, it's always a lot harder to, for them to get to know you and then for you to be able to make any real progress on your issues. So I was ultimately lucky enough to find somebody that did work for me. Um, he was out of network though. And so I had to do a very complicated, uh, getting my insurance to cover an out of network provider, partially paperwork situation. Yeah. That was a nightmare that I could not have navigated without, uh, my mom and my best friend's help. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that, that stuff right there where there's the nitty gritty and like the dealing with insurance and dealing with that, like for someone in our state of like, in our states like that that can be like uh, paralyzing yeah paralyzing and and climbing the world's tallest tower there you know um you just kind of want to just turn back around and just crawl back into you know the covers and and not deal with it but you know again taking the steps to wanting to seek help is one of the largest steps you can do and not giving up because you've already shown that you don't want to give up and moving on and trying to continue to persevere um because that's what we're all doing every day and you're already doing it you know being here with us is persevering it's okay that things can be difficult and that you know taking those steps you know can be monotonous and can be very hard to get through but um we want you to be here with us you know and we want you to try and seek help and uh we really hope that you will continue to push forward with that because like like you said like for you the nitty-gritty stuff was like the hard things for you to get through but like you were able to get through it and find the support that you needed around you by talking to other people as well like like even people close to you who knew what you were going through like they wanted to be supportive with you so like again like out there talking with anybody is one of the best things you can do you know not being alone all the time and not isolating yourself like this is not something you have to do alone and taking movements and taking steps towards you know something that like is a copable livable life is what we want you to get to you know taking the steps to that yep and it's okay if your path to uh finding a medical professional that works for you uh, looks different than ours or looks different different times that you need help. Mine was definitely very different for me over time. And it's okay if you have some false starts where, you know, you ask for help or you start seeing a therapist or you start medication and then something doesn't work out for you. And you might kind of feel like, oh no, I've like fallen off the horse. I'm back to square one. Why even try? But I uh, encourage you to just keep trying and 
uh, hopefully you'll find somebody that does work for you. For me, it took a really long time and um, a lot of support from other people, but I still was able to cobble together somehow like a resource network of medication and uh, and uh, good therapy that just was able to even just keep me going. Um, and it's don't blame yourself if it's something that's hard or don't blame yourself if you're trying different therapists and they're not working for you. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. No, it's not. I mean, sometimes we all have different paths to take and different roads to get to where we are. Again, like medication's not going to work for everybody and therapy might not work for everybody, but there is a path for you out there. It's just trying to get there. Again, we talked about at the beginning of the episode, we have this innate ability to reinvent ourselves every time and adapt to the situation. And I think that like find, finding the way to change and adapt to what it is um, and find out what it is that you have to adapt to to get to a point where you can start moving forward is the best thing we can do, right? I mean, we're, we keep, we're constantly doing it. And so I think us trying to take those steps to get better and trying to, you know, reinvent ourselves and, and get to a place where we can make it to every Tuesday. You know, that's what we want. So I, this was a really good topic. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, folks, we, we have these things on our podcast here. Uh, we, what do we call them? Like mini topics, mini, I, I forget what we call them. <laughs> I forget what we called them. Yeah. Uh, you guys might remember what we called them. We Let have us bad know. memories. But like, uh, we have these little things, a uh, couple small segments that we usually hit on um, towards the end of the episode. And this week, uh, we wanted to revisit the one where we set small goals for ourselves, right? And uh, this week, we were, I think we came up with something that might be interesting. And uh, I don't know when we'll, we'll come back to it, maybe following up or the one following that but uh the idea for uh, small goals to set for each other we would we would challenge each other to do something right and uh hopefully report in the next episode to try and see where if that worked out or how it's going you know uh this one i we came up with an idea where we would confront our depression right and uh, the way we're going to do that uh that we came up with is that we would write a letter towards our to our depression, right? And write it out and confront our depression in a letter, right? Yep. Um, so I think that like for us, I think what we're going to try and do is we're going to go and have some homework and <laughs> write a letter to our depression. And then um, if we feel satisfied with what we did after it, like, again, this is being open and honest and truthful and trying to like really hyper-focus about confronting your your depression as writing out into a letter um if you if we feel comfortable with it like maybe we'll read it on air and talk about it and discuss it you know as something with an episode how do you feel about that i'm pretty excited i definitely want to read mine because i like uh <laughs> this weird public therapy thing that we do and uh i well, like good for us i think yeah and i like situations where it's very it's all <laughs> where you force yourself to do something that is just almost like a insane level of bearing your secrets to just whoever so i this is right up my alley and i love it 
So yeah. I'm pretty excited for this one. Okay. Just don't let me forget because I have depression brain. So <laughs> I will uh, remind you as much as possible. Um, because you have depression brain. Yes, I also have depression brain. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think this uh, it's it's a thought exercise, and it's an exercise that I think that um, I think we can, I think we can do it. I, I, this is one that like is very interesting because um, we talk about living with it, right, and coping with it. But um, I'd love to hear how we, how we end up confronting it and talking to it like it was a, a person who's going to receive this letter, you know. Yeah. And so uh, we'll check back in with you guys. Hopefully, we'll see what happens when we decide to have an episode dedicated to us talking about these letters, uh, letters to our depressions, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there. But, yeah. Chris, take us home. Well, thank you guys for being here with us on another uh, yikes full, I was going to say beautiful, but yikes full Tuesday in yikes land. Uh, <laughs> we would love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can see our posts on Instagram at yikesland underscore podcast. Send us a message or give us a comment or some sad face emojis. Uh, you can also see us on Facebook or Twitter at yikesland or email us at yikesland at gmail.com. If you guys want to do the letter assignment with us, um, share your thoughts or even some excerpts from your letter, feel free to send those on over as we'll think we probably will both feel brave enough to read our stuff on yeah. air. Yeah. Um, and so we would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, um, we, again, can we do our email is at yikesland, uh, yikesland at, at gmail.com. Gmail if you'd like to share your confrontation uh, or confronting your depression letter, um, we'd love to take a peek at it. I mean, again, we don't, we don't have to read it on there if, we, if you don't want to, but um, just for us and for us to know that like you guys are out there, you know, working through the stuff with us again, makes, makes us feel brave enough to confront our stuff. Yeah. Or and, just let uh, us know that you did the assignment, even if you don't want to yeah. share oh, yours. Yeah. If you don't want to share yours, put us did, to shame did, in case we, feel? <laughs> you know, how did it make you feel doing that after you had, Bared your soul in writing, you know, and, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. So please do let us know. Yep. Um, and as always, if you guys feel like you need someone to reach out to, you can reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Uh, it's a really great resource. It's completely confidential. It's free. They're available 24-7. If you guys are having a really hard time, um, that is a fantastic resource for you out there. Um, so yes thank you guys so much for being here with us on another great Tuesday because every Tuesday with you in it is a wonderful Tuesday um, I've been your host Jelani Hoon along host Chris Fong and uh, hopefully you guys are out there enjoying the views from Mexland see you guys next Tuesday <laughs>